Hey guys, welcome to the next chapter. I'm Prim Saripapat. So, so far on this show, we've had athletes past and present. We've also had some coaches and journalists, a variety of sports voices, but we have yet to have a sports business reporter here. And there is no one like today's guest in our industry or really in the world for that matter. This guy has over 2 million followers on Twitter. He's constantly breaking news about deals and partnerships and the inner workings of the sports industry. But better yet, he's a father of three, a major foodie, a sometimes marathon runner, and a guy who somehow I nicknamed Shakespeare. So welcome to the show, Darren Ravel. Hello, Shakespeare. I don't even remember why I named you Shakespeare. I don't know either. It was probably me doing something crazy at some point, but it, I bet it's appropriate. I like it. I, you're the only one who calls me that, so I know I know it's you. Uh, um, it's so great to reconnect. I wish we were reconnecting on better terms, but you and I have obviously stayed in touch um, over the years. But which area of your life has been impacted the most by this pandemic? Is it your personal and home life, or is it your professional life? Um. The home life, for sure. I mean, it's mm. a little bit of each, but uh, to have three kids who are of age that you need to teach them and figuring out that you could really only do one at a time, even if you have twins that are in kindergarten, um, you have to focus on one kid at a time. That's it. Which is interesting because obviously a teacher in class is focusing on 20 makes me wonder how they're actually learning. But probably some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, they don't have a TV or the pool to jump in uh, when, they, when, right. when, when they're, you know, when they're at school. Uh, but it's been incredibly, incredibly difficult. I don't remember kindergarten being this demanding. I remember mm. cutting, cutting out uh, shapes and using crepaws and using rubber cement Yes, but, uh, and nap time I feel and like, recess. Yeah, I feel like they're way they're way ahead. Um, and then my daughter's in second grade, so that's a little bit harder. And the fact that they're not in a position where they can stare at a screen and a teacher virtually teaches them, which would be more like a high school situation, yeah. means that it's all on us. And uh, from a work standpoint, because sports and sports gambling isn't going on, I've obviously had to create things out of thin air. Which I've always kind of done in terms of I never have a game before my eyes to report on. So I always have boardroom talk or something else. So I think it's been fine to kind of look after my own stories. And obviously the the consequences of everything going down, there's always some sort of story of, well, are they going to play? Are they not? Under what terms are they going to play? What happens if they can't play with a crowd? What does that mean? So there's a lot of obviously moving parts that I have to cover. I think the most difficult thing about this is this is completely unprecedented and uncharted territories for all of us. And you know, for, for you and I in the sports world, we have a schedule throughout the year and we can follow the seasons, NBA season, NHL, baseball starting. Of course, we have March Madness. But with something like this, I'm curious how you're able to find stories and look for something if you don't know what to look for, if that makes sense. Well, well I start with anniversaries every day. I'm combing through. I like to hit eight or nine o'clock in the morning on Twitter. Um, I like to search, I, I search what, I, what Trump has done every day in, 
in history, try to match that up, see if there's anything <laughs> sporting involved. Um, and then I just search dates. Usually I try to hit 25 year anniversaries, 50 anniversaries, 35 year, you know, just like flat kind of anniversary dates, whether it's a picture or a cover. So I do that. And, you know, right now I'm, I'm, um, I'm doing a show ahead of, uh, the last dance um, just kind of to lead up to mooch off of ESPN's big audience. So I'm doing a, a, a Twitter show. Um, we had like 127,000 viewers last week. So it was awesome. Uh, and just trying to get unique things there. Um, Nike is going to be the focus of the first part of Sunday. So I'm just spending a lot of time doing that. Uh, we have Colorado is starting the legalization of betting on Friday. Hmm. Um, today, just out of nowhere, came, um, I'm sure, of your interest, the um, uh, endorsements and name, image, and likeness of college athletes, something that I've been working on. I looked looked when my first story on that was, and it was 2003. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I've been covering that for 17 years. Um so that just comes up. So things come up and you just insert yourself into the conversation. I'm always looking at what's trending on Twitter because uh, I have a responsibility to cover the stories always. But I also feel like I have a responsibility to cover the stories that people want to see and hear about. Yeah. And I think you do a really good job of that. For example, you tweeted out uh, about Wimbledon receiving over $140 million as a, as a result of their insurance that they got from the pandemic after they canceled it and canceled it. But for somebody like me who's in tennis, I would never know that they even paid insurance yearly on something like that. So how are you able, how do you wrap your head around something like that and insert yourself in the conversation there? Well, I have stories and topics that are not part of what people normally cover. I mean, insurance and lawsuits have always been stories for me that typically get labeled as boring, but they're actually among the most fascinating. Hmm. So when I heard, had heard about Wimbledon, um, I wasn't the first person to report it, but I was the first person to aggregate how much they paid going in to set it up as a bet. So it was reported actually days before that Wimbledon would cash in and what they would cash in on. But not that they had been doing this since 2003, since, by the way, zero people died of SARS in England. But that was enough to oh, scare wow. at least, uh, you know, one person into paying a premium for 17 years. And I think it's just how you tell that story. So in a tweet, framing it up like it was a 17 year bet, not that they were just collecting, I mm. think is is one of the reasons why it it kind of hit it hit an angle and it's interesting i mean my last i looked at my analytics this morning and i i'm definitely a stat-based journalist and uh i had 200 million impressions on twitter over the last 28 days which is my record so here we are sitting in a time where there's nothing there's nothing and apparently there's enough maybe people are on it more often maybe that maybe i'm talking about things that are generally more fascinating Maybe people aren't talking about games, so there's more talk about business. I don't know, but uh, it's it's certainly a time where people are clicking and are interested. I mean, that's that's so wild. Uh, I remember you sharing that with me about a week ago. But do you think that is maybe a result of people where their eyeballs aren't watching sports right now and everybody's on social social media because they're bored at home? And also that's where everybody's source of not just news, but also entertainment is right now. 
Well, there's no highlights, right? So I'm I'm yeah. competing with I'm competing with highlights. Um, did you see this on the court? And if there's no highlights, the most interesting stuff is happening on what's not not happening on a court or you know so so obviously there's nothing happening on the court so i think probably i probably gain more relevance here mm. um but you know i mean i think there's a mix of of you know are are the things that are now being created the i racing i couldn't believe i i actually bet on a nascar i race and you know watched i, I think it was really impressive just to watch these guys where you have the view of them sitting in their living room driving like this kind of like car thing that they've all set up. And then you look up on the screen and it's, it looks like a regular NASCAR race and everything's so (laughs) crystal clear. Um, I wonder if any, I I do think that that could possibly stick. Like imagine if now they have real races and then on Monday they have them do virtual races. That's the one that I think could stick. I don't think people are going to be betting on Belarusian soccer or ping pong as (laughs) once everything comes back. But that, listen, I, I, sports always serves as a, a distraction. And when you get back, you say, well, let's just have sports. And obviously that's not happening this time. And mm. I think that sports should serve as a, a way to think about hope, right? And in a time mm. of uncertainty, you need hope. And I, I think about the fact that this could be the greatest fall ever. I mean, imagine choosing yeah. between the U.S. Open tennis and the U.S. Open golf or college football and the Ryder Cup. Or, I mean, it could be the greatest fall ever for us. Um, yes, through pain of the now, but, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking, hoping just for job and personally that this turns into an incredible fall. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how or when we're going to be able to incorporate sports. Um, I know the conversations are starting to begin, but I, I don't know how that's going to happen when the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center is being used as a makeshift hospital right now. And, you know, even when things start to die down, are they going to move that? Are they going to have to move the equipment and potentially any patients there? And then are they going to have to, dis- they're going to have to disinfect it. So I don't know what's going to happen. Tenet, and, 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 then, and then you have the participants. I mean, tennis is yeah. more complicated than golf because even though the golfers are international, uh, you know, tennis the players are living internationally in golf, mm. even though they're, they're international players, the PGA tour is mostly, you know, confined to people living within this country. Their tennis players are living everywhere. So even that complicates things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what's happening to the sports betting industry right now. It's obviously taken a hit um, in, a, in a very bad way. So what happens to the sports gambling world when there's no live sports? Well, um, they've they've tried to do a bunch of things. Nothing's really hit. Uh, if you look at New Jersey, New Jersey was down about fifty uh, percent. Um, New Jersey was down about fifty percent, uh, and Nevada was down seventy-five percent in oh terms of gosh. sports betting handle. So you know, absolutely destroyed. Um, but if you look at like the stock market, like DraftKings. Uh, hit on the NASDAQ last week and they were ready to kind of get there despite the fact that they had, you know, no traction yet with, with sports and the stock has been doing well. So again, it's all about hope. Um, Hmm. I think everything's moving towards mobile anyway in New Jersey, 88% of the money bet New Jersey monthly is mobile. I mean, now it's going to be 98%, you know, or if you look at, um, 
If you look at uh, Nevada, it was 63%. So that's one of the reasons why they get hit more. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can't conceive of is like going to Vegas and like there's, you know, they're showing plexiglass screens and like they have a temperature monitor when you walk in and you have to wear masks and the dealer's sanitizing every time someone gets there. I don't see how that is workable. Every chip, every card. I mean, what are they going to do? That's going to be impossible. I know. And they have this kook Carol Goodman who, you know, they're the Las Vegas mayor who's saying we just have to get back. And I'm like, get back to what? <laughs> like, who's yeah. coming? Yeah, I don't know. So so but I do I do think that sports betting is one of those industries that rebounds quicker than most. Again, people are going to take their ticket money and bet on it. And I also think that even though disposable income is coming down and people have less to spend, I also feel like the boredom that has taken place over this time mm. is now people are now over indexed in enjoyment. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different pieces to this, right? You talked about the boredom. Um, you talk about loss of income and there's just all these different pieces to this puzzle. And most of it is causing a lot of stress and anxiety. And there's one thing that you and I really, really, in addition to being just colleagues and friends, you and I have really bonded over the past several years over our passion regarding mental health. And you and I were part of this global initiative called um, We're All a Little Crazy, just raising awareness about mental health. You're the co-founder of it. And you wrote a really good article on actionnetwork.com talking about your anxiety issues and you offered 10 tips to people out there on how they should, um, you know, address their mental hygiene during this difficult period. But what would you, what would your several pieces of advice be to them to work on that mental hygiene? I mean, the, the thing is that I think a lot of people now, I mean, I was fortunate now you can say fortunate to have like a period where it was so horrible that I was forced to make it my number one priority in life. What's happening now is a lot of people, their routines are completely upset. They're losing their financial fortunes. They're with people for 24 seven that they're not used to. Um, so if you didn't address it, like now people are being forced to address uh, mental health. I mean, you, yep. you, we always talk about this, but physical health, you, you know, if you have a blister, you'll address it right away. But if you, if you're dizzy or you have adrenaline running through your body, you tend to put it off because you can't see it. So I think, you know, right now, I think, uh, the, the toughest thing for people is to, they're worried about the future, obviously. Um, but you can't, if, if you try to control the future, that's what creates, the anxiety. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have control of it. And I think overall, the lack of control in every part of life creates anxiety, whether it's, but, but be, you always excuse it as like, oh, I'm, I'm scared of planes. No, no, you're, you're scared of not being in control. Yep. Right. But then, you know, and, and so some, the hardest part about mental health is it often doesn't come down to you can't sometimes rationally talk about it, which is why people go to cognitive behavior therapy mm -hmm. and they have to work for hours and hours and hours because you can't say, don't you understand? It doesn't make sense. Yes, mm -hmm. often it doesn't make sense. And mm -hmm. it's so complicated. So I think the biggest piece of advice I have is just really to stay in the moment and take every day by day and 
if, if you really need to figure out how to control your future, um, you know, figure out how you become more relevant in the new world and mm. devote time, devote time to creating some sort of passion project that also makes you relevant. And I think that can calm you down a little bit, but sitting mm. there and saying, Oh my God, I had an Airbnb business and I have eight homes and now it's useless. Like, wallowing in that is not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, it is a really difficult position and I think it's putting different people in different kinds of difficult positions, but we're all struggling in some capacity. And, um, I know you've seen some of this, but the anti-anxiety prescriptions and medications, the, the usage is up yes. over 30%. The also alcohol sales in the U S are right. up by over 50%. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people. Usually on a normal year or week, I would probably drink maybe one or two times during the week. Right. I'm super, you know me, I'm super healthy. I work yep. out six days a week, but I'm not going to lie. I'm drinking five days a week and I'm not like getting wasted, but I am having a glass of wine probably five days a week because the weekdays blur with the weekends. And when you're and, still- and it's, and it's totally, it's, it's totally okay. I had Xanax three times over the past, you know, 50 days for the mm. first time in four years. Mm. Um, you know, so, so, you know, you, 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 it is okay to struggle. It is okay to, I have to get through this day. It is okay to go to bed early. Mm. Uh, but it's also, it's not really okay to just not talk. It, talking helps so much. If yeah. it's, even if it's just your significant other, just talking, say, I just don't feel well right now. And you can go into it a little bit more, but I think kind of just avoiding it. The problem becomes when you don't admit what's happening, you create an, uh, you know, almost like a, a situation where now you're going to have to drink after this all happens, mm -hmm. or you're going to have to take an anti-anxiety, which is also okay. If you allow this to be your discovery moment, or you allow yourself to get better, some people are getting better. Like they're working out when they never have. For me, I picked one thing that I needed to get better over this time. And that was sleep. Mm. So, so I, I was sleeping about four and a half hours a night for 15 years and, you know, wow. and, and, got, and got used to being nauseous and had to get that first coffee and, you know, and then, and I've been averaging probably seven hours of sleep throughout all this now. Wow, so good for you. And it's, and, it, and it's a life changer, you know, it's a life changer. So I think someone should, another goal is to pick something that you want to change and do it. Huh, that's good. I'm going to have to think about that. One thing that I want to get better at, or I want to change. Hmm. You can you can read more a book you always wanted to read. Hmm. You could, you know, get into baths, get into you know, there's there's Did so you say much get you into can baths? Do. Like a bath? Yeah, bath. I think baths are very underrated. Yeah, no, I like baths. I mean, I give my son a bath every single day and no one's, you know, <laughs> giving me a bath. <laughs> I need yeah. to give myself a bath. <laughs> yeah. Hey, ba bath salts are bath salts are magical. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, speaking of all of that, um, you know, we typically like to end the interview on a very fun and lighthearted note. So I think it's time for a little quarantine cribs while we're talking about baths and being comfortable. All right, Shakespeare, are you ready? I'm going to put on my glasses so put that on, I can. Oh, uh, oh, oh, put on your glasses. Let's see it. 
Are those new? I never, I've, I don't think I've seen you in those. Uh, I wear my lenses a lot, but I like, you know, I'm, I, I am blind as a bat. Well, you look good well, in should, those. I, really I, shouldn't, like those. I shouldn't say blind as a bat now in the Wuhan nah. age of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, uh, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> where's your comfort spot in your house during all of this? It's definitely in my office, though. I realize I have to put a real deadbolt lock on it so my kids can't just run in. Is that your office um, right here or is that just yeah, your my office sports right store? Yeah, this is my office. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is my office right here. I got I got all my I got some toys in here. You know, I like to like to look at some of my checks my check collection oh my gosh what is that i can't see it so this is amelia Earhart playing paying for nose surgery in 1935 what dr joseph goldstein so each one of them has to have a unique story that's like the key oh my gosh so so this is babe ruth paying for 502 dollars of liquor in 1940, which is $10,000 in liquor today. That's crazy. Today. What was so he buying all that load, liquor for? Getting loaded, probably himself. But actually, in his first Yankees contract, it said he couldn't drink, which I don't think he listened to. <laughs> um, I have one I have one check that is uncashed, actually. So what is this? It? Is, so in, in 19, you might, here, here I'm going to try to. So it says United States Olympic yeah. Committee. So and let me just try to. So in 1979, Bobby Knight took the USA Olympic team. They were training for Moscow. Obviously, Olympics didn't happen. And he took them to Puerto Rico and he wound up punching a police officer. And they wanted to keep him in Puerto Rico for six months. Oh my and God. the U.S. Olympic Committee is like, no, this is Bobby Knight. You can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. And they arranged to pay a $500 fine. And so what? the U.S. Olympic Committee wrote a letter to this Senor Jorge Lora Longoria, <laughs> September 5th, 1979, enclosed herewith, please, ooh, herewith, Shakespeare, enclosed herewith, please find our check in the amount of $500 to pay for the District Court of Puerto Rico, the fine levied against Coach Bobby Knight. Oh we appreciate gosh. your assistance in delivering this check. The guy never delivered the check. He just kept it. And he sold it to someone, and I wound up with it. Wow. I so um, is, I am so unfamiliar I have, with that story. Do you have a favorite so gadget or toy in there? What's your very favorite piece in there? Don't be afraid to pick up – if you can pick up your computer, I don't know if it's a laptop. You're strong uh, enough to pick up your desktop. No, I know. Uh, I mean, we got the Emmy back there. I got an Emmy back here. You know, so yes, I do know that. Which one is that for? So this is for my 38 seconds on NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams on the night that Obama got elected. He threw to me. I was in a bowling alley in Sewickley, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, yes, Brian, as you can see, people here are looking at the TVs. They are not bowling. This is a historic event as Barack Obama becomes the first African-American president. Back to you, Brian. Emmy award-winning reporter, obituary. <laughs> obituary. Uh, I, you know, I got a, I, I got a lot. I have, I have the shoes that I wore to Kobe's uh, funeral that I oh, got made. So I have the, nice. the, yeah. the eight on it, and I have, uh, uh, it says that that's the headline for Kobe's eighty-first. Uh, yeah, that was that that was a tough one for us all, and having known him. 
uh, pretty tightly. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. I have I have a, a real shack shoe size twenty two. Wow, right here. Look at those Reeboks. Uh, Holy it's, cow! Yeah, it, it, these are the these are the originals. Um, I those just, are I have a lot. There, there's there's stuff in here that's like, you know, that that's just ridiculous. So, like, so this is uh, <laughs> okay. so oh. I on Twitter uh, said in 2015 that David Reagan's NASCAR fire suit was the coolest fire suit I ever seen. <laughs> so David. David sent it to me and autographed it, which is that's really you know, nice. kind of cool. So yeah, so I got. Have I got you a worn lot that? Have you put that I, on? I have not. I have not. I have. Yeah, I put it on occasionally. Would you like to put uh, it on for us? Um, not really. Here, I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> and then I have like I brought in for some throwback Thursdays. I brought in pictures <gasps> of me. This is a dot matrix oh, picture I was like, of me when I, oh when I was like. 10 you know, down, like baby face shakespeare yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly uh you know there's a there's a lot of I, I like nostalgia as you might know so yes uh I, i'm i'm upset i didn't uh uh save more of my jordan stuff now that it's going nuts mm. um but now i now i'm gonna have to catch up and buy it yeah, well, I think you're capable. You have plenty of room, I, it looks like, in your house or in your office to store more stuff. So My wife would disagree. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, we need more she, space for she, the three kiddos has, and myself. She has put in my application for the show orders. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, hey, do you have any quick advice for, for anybody out there um, about how to stay sane through all of this? Yeah, just, you know, find a new passion, find, you know, mm -hmm. like, what it what what do you want to do that, uh, that you've never had time to do, you know, fi find something you've never thought about before, or, mm -hmm. you know, s try to learn something about history, and then get deep dive, deep dive into things. I mean, I love going down rabbit holes. <laughs> Become become the world's expert in something that no one's the expert in, you know. Yeah, that's that's good. that's kind of what I what I like to do. Take up a wacky instrument, you know. Like Zomfir was good at the pan flute. Why can't you be? You know, and, <laughs> you know. People people say, "What are you playing?" You know, the pan flute or the ukulele or do so, just do something that's comical that makes you laugh. I like um, it. So um, that's that's kind of where 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 I'm at. It's it's a rule that always exists, but normally we don't. When you say find a new passion, you're like, with what? I, I don't have time now. Time is like suspended. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. And last question: Who would you like to tag next to be interviewed on this show? Have you thought about that? I, I asked. You I, just, I, the I, show. Just, I, I just I uh, just you know it's always like oh it's a famous person it's someone people know. I would just like either someone who runs an emergency room department mm. or like I, I think now's the time to interview like a regular old nurse. Like I want to know how they deal with things um, yeah. how, like because I think even I don't know every day. I don't know how doctors deal with death and seeing death and just the way everything has gone yeah. with with this thing. It's like. It's it's not only the numbers. It's like when someone dies, they don't see their loved ones. They're thrown in a freezer. They are thrown in a mass grave, and they never have a funeral. Yeah. And I can't I can't get through that. And I don't know. I I I 
I'm just intrigued to learn more about how these people, they have three minute TV interviews, but they don't really have like 20 minute, like sit down. So I'd like you to go find a nurse. I might even be able to help you and talk, go, go, go deep with how they get through every day and maybe how they're, how they're doing now to prevent potentially their own PTSD and, you know, that kind of thing, their own mental health. I think if there's if there's anyone who's dealing with any sort of life transition, it is everybody on the front lines right now. Every time I see somebody in scrubs, police officers, delivery guys, trucks, even the cable guy that came to our apartment today in their mask, I just I try to thank them profusely and I just look at them in a completely different light. I look at them as as if they're A-list celebrities now. I'm like, wow, you guys are I know. such I, heroes. I, I go out I go out of my way when I go to the me too. The supermarket to say thank you to anyone who would ever think that someone stocking shelves or a UPS person would be in the position to risk their lives. I know, I know, or or be seen as heroes. But I mean, right. I, I honestly look at them um, as such now too, though. Well, I think Agreed. that's a really good. I think that's a really good suggestion, and you and I will work together to try bring somebody onto the show. I think, and I want, and I want, I want your mic, I want your microphone. So I, I, I like your microphone. So oh, that needs okay. To be, yeah. Well, we so can talk to, to the guys about that. It's suggest- a Yeti. It's a blue, blue brand. I don't know what it is. I don't okay, know. Okay. And then follow. what's, what's the black thing on your left wrist? My watch? Yeah. Well, what type of watch is that? <laughs> My Apple watch? <laughs> oh, it's just an Apple watch. Yeah. Okay. I and wanted, then a, I a couple hair bands. A couple hair bands. You know, oh, I'm no, not keeping it classy I, here, Rebel. I don't, I I don't want a, that. I, at any minute, I just need to put my hair back. Because, you know, I'm either running around or doing something or heading to the fridge to get my glass of wine. So, you know, that's it. I do. I do. I I do. I do want to go back to work. When I go back to work the first day, I am going to get dressed up to the nines. Mm. I am going to put on the greatest tie. and (laughs) My body's like, stop with the sweatpants. But I love sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, This is the first time I'm wearing jeans and probably... A month, two it months, two months. It, feel, it feels good to wear jeans every once in a while, you know? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them off after this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like 30 minutes is enough for me. So, um, all, all right, right, Bram. Great to, great to see you. Yes. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, talk. Shakespeare. Take, take care of yourself and be safe. You got it. <laughs>